Chapter Twenty Three of the Pony Rider Boys and the Ozarks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Gagan. The Pony Rider Boys and the Ozarks by Frank G. Payton. Chapter Twenty Three. IN THE RUBY MOUNTAIN Tom Phipps nodded. He recalled his conversation with Tad upon the other's return from his visit to Ruby Mountain, and the lad's description of the mysterious voice he had heard there. Mr. Phipps did not give very serious consideration to that part of the boy's story at that time. Now, however, he was startled beyond words. All of them were startled to hear a strange voice many feet down underground when all supposed they were far beyond the reach of a human voice was enough to give almost anyone a start. Yet Tad was not as much surprised as were his companions, for it will be remembered that he had already been through the experience that was so new to the others. Who are you? demanded Phipps almost sternly. There was no reply to his question. Tad, are you sure that is the same voice? Positive, there could be no doubt, and besides, she had used the same words, said Tad. But it's impossible, insisted the young engineer. No one, let alone a woman, could get near enough to this chamber to be heard as distinctly as that. I think maybe somebody can go right through rocks, stammered Ned. Ghosts, nodded Walter. That's what I thought at first. But I know it couldn't be after I had time to think about it, and I... Hello. There it goes again, fairly shouted Tom Phipps. I'm going to find out what this means before I'm another minute older. Hastily lighting a match, he made a tour of the chamber, every corner of which he examined carefully ending by a long critical survey of the hole in the roof. It is just as impossible for anyone to be up there as it is to expect to see someone walk through the solid rocks here beside us, he decided. Throwing a spent match on the floor, where it glowed briefly and went out, leaving the darkness more dense than before. Tad struck a fresh match. Hello, what's this? he cried, reaching for a small package that lay wrapped in a piece of newspaper on the floor beneath him. I didn't see that before. Donuts! shouted Ned, who had been peering curiously over Tad's shoulder as the latter opened the package. Yes, and they are real, exalted Tad. Already one of them was in his mouth, and the others of the party quickly helped themselves. It was just enough to go around. I don't care who you are, but we're much obliged just the same called Ned in a muffled voice. Yes, there's nothing ghostly about this bear sign, added Tad. As for their companion, Tom Phipps, words failed him. I'm sure I'm going crazy now, he said. If you are real, for goodness sake, tell us who you are and where you are, he pleaded. A merry, chuckling laugh answered him. She's up there, said Tad Butler sharply. He had been listening with every sense of the alert, determined to locate the owner of the voice when next she spoke. Now, 
he was sure that he had succeeded. I know where you are, but I don't know how you ever get up there. Do you know a way out of this? interjected Walter. Of course, answered the girl. Tad nodded to his companions. They were burning up their matches very fast now, in an effort to catch sight of the owner of the voice. How do you suppose I got there if I didn't know the way? Oh, no ghost about that, I guess, said the boy. Will you help us to get out of here? asked Tom. Can't. Why not? demanded Ned. Can you climb up here? No, certainly not. Well, that's the answer, said the girl. They laughed in spite of themselves. Will you tell us how you got to where you are? asked Mr. Phipps. That's a secret, replied the girl. And I presume your name is a secret, too. Yes, she said. We'll find out who you are when we get out of here. I promise you that, threatened the assistant superintendent. Then goodbye. No, no, don't go, don't go, begged Tad. Say you won't tell on her, Mr. Phipps, don't you see? All right, girl, I'll promise to keep your secret. You'd better, retorted the girl. How did you know we were here? asked Mr. Phipps. Oh, I didn't. I heard about the explosion. So I came in here to see if my cave had been harmed in any way. You knew we were right under it, then? Of course. How stupid are you? Where is your cave? <laughs> I'm in it, she said. Yes, and I understand that, but where? Oh, you ask too many questions. Say, young lady, can you find a rope that will reach down to us? asked Tad, who had been turning over a plan in his mind. I guess. Please do so, then, and hurry, won't you? You will ask no questions. Certainly not, said Tad. You won't try to find out anything about my cave? No, no, of course not, answered Mr. Phipps impatiently. And you will do as I tell you? Yes. All right, I'll be back in a minute. Mr. Phipps sat down nonplussed. I never was so mixed up in my life, he grumbled. I can't understand it at all. How did she ever get there? She said it's a cave, suggested Tad. But I know of no caves about here. Tad shrugged his shoulders. That there was one, and through it, a prospect of their being liberated from their unpleasant and perilous position was enough for him to know. Hello, shouted the girl after a few minutes. Yes, did you get the rope? called Tad excitedly. Uh-huh. Then drop the end of it down. A heavy coil hit Tad on the top of his head, nearly knocking him down. He scrambled from under, while from above there sounded a peal of merry laughter. Oh, I don't care. So long as we have the rope, laughed the boy. Can you fasten the end of the rope to something up there? No. Oh, pshaw, that's too bad, grumbled the boy. But wait a minute. Striking a match and shading his eyes with one hand, he peered up the hole in the rocks. He noticed a long, narrowing crevasse extending back from the main opening. I'll tell you what to do. Yes, said the girl. Draw the rope into that crack as far as it will go. Then tie a knot in the rope so it can't slip through. I'll climb up. You couldn't get up here. The end of the crack is too far from the place you see. Hold on, here's another crack, just like it, right here in the rocks by me. I'll fix it. You all promise not to tell on me, insisted the girl. Yes, 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 we promise, 
anything just now, laughed Ted. An interval of silence followed while the girl was adjusting the end of the rope. Then she called down to them. Already? asked Tad. Yes, try it. Tad grasped the rope and, swinging himself clear of the floor, jounced up and down several times. I guess it will hold. I'll go up first to see that the rope is secure. Then the rest of you can follow me. Why, I can't climb that rope to save my life, objected Mr. Phipps. I'll fix it so you can. I'll tie some knots in it. Then climbing will be easy. With that, Tad once more swung clear of the floor and went up hand over hand with amazing rapidity. By the light of their matches, they saw him disappear through the hole in the roof of the chamber. It's all right, fellows, he called down to the others. I'll just haul up the rope and fix it for you. This he did, letting the rope down to them a few moments later. Walter was the first to try to climb. I can't do it, Tad. I just can't, he cried, slipping back to the floor where he landed in a heap. Hold the rope down for him. Then he ought to be able to make it, directed Tad. Walter, however, had apparently lost his courage and declared that he could not do it. Take a hitch under his arms. Good and strong. I'll pull him up, he commanded. They did as the boy above directed. Then Tad began his pull. It was a fearful task. Grab hold of me. Put your arms around my waist and brace yourself, he commanded. And the girl, with quick wit, comprehended what he wished her to do. Slowly, foot by foot, Tad hauled the dead weight up. The last few feet of the rope seemed like a mile to him. With a final desperate effort, just as his muscles seemed to be at the breaking point, Tad hauled his companion safely to the flat rock beside him, then fell on the floor of the cave, grasping for breath. Let, let the rope down, he said faintly. The girl obeyed. Ned shinned it with little difficulty. Tom Phipps, insisting that the lad should precede him, though Ned wanted him to go first. Tad was on his feet again. Can you make it? he called down. I don't know. I'm going to make a big attempt at it, answered the miner. They heard the rope creak and knew that he had thrown his weight upon it. I'm afraid I can't get all the way up. My, my arms are giving out, they heard him gasp. Don't let go, don't let go. I'm afraid I can't help it. My muscles won't stand the strain. Twist the rope about one leg and rest. Ye can hang there all day, if you'll do that, snapped Tad. How is it? Yes, that works fine. My arms are all a-tremble. I didn't suppose I was so weak. Yeah, you're not used to it, that's all. That's right, come along. I'll strike a match to light the way. Little by little, and with frequent rest, Tom worked his way up and up until within the reach of Tad's strong arm. The lad grasped him by his coat collar and pulled him clear of the hole, dropping him flat on his back, safe and sound on the rock where he had previously dumped Walter. Good gracious, breathed Mr. Phipps. Boy, you must be made of cast iron. You, you pulled me up here with one hand. You're here. That's all we need worry about. Just now, answered Ted, breathing heavily. Now, miss, will you please tell us how to get out of here? Come, she said, taking Tad by the hand. She turned away, and the others followed in single file. 
almost at once they emerged into a high-ceiling cave dimly lighted as if through stained-glass windows the lads uttered an exclamation of amazement i know you you're rose cravath tom cravath's daughter cried mr phipps striding forward and grasping the girl by the shoulder i demand to know what all this means tad stepped between them pushing tom aside remember your promise mr phipps he warned yes but do you realize where we are boys no and i don't care we're in ruby mountain look look shouted tad excitedly grasping the arm of phipps with this he dashed away to a distant part of the chamber that lay in deep gloom phipps looked in bewilderment a few moments later tad emerged from the darkness leading a bronco didn't i tell you he asked triumphantly i knew i'd get him some day this is my stolen bronco and then patting the pony's neck affectionately he added good old fellow i'm glad to have you again he had indeed recovered his pony probably awaiting the departure of the pony riders from ruby mountain the desperados had kept the pony with two others secreted in the mountain chamber the other two ponies did not however belong to the pony rider boys much to the disgust of the latter just tad's luck growled ned end of chapter twenty three recording by kenneth sergeant gagan